We're back. Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Another Oscar race checkpoint for you today as we have another set of major precursor nominations released. We are talking about the Critics' Choice Awards that were uh, the nominations of which were released today on February 8th. I am your co-host, Mike One. This is co-host also, Mike. So I think we're both in a better place today (laughs) than we were when the Golden Globes and the SAG Awards came out, Mike, because I do think, mm-hmm. like, the Golden Globes just, like, trolled us. Like, they specifically got our goat <laughs> in that last episode for a lot of the reasons we've been talking about award shows getting our goat in the mm-hmm. past and certainly in this particular year. Like, I don't know if we got our hopes up that this year's award season would just give us what we want. <laughs> And that was completely ridiculous. But we're, we're not getting that. We're getting a, a field that I think is coming into focus here today with these Critics' Choice nominations. Something yeah. that this award show particularly does well. I do think the critics kind of curate an overall list. Yes, there are the Phantom Threads. And yes, yes, there are the late-breaking films that do pop in and get more at the Oscars than they ever got at the uh, Critics Awards or, or any of the precursors, Cold War, etc. But, Mike, I do think that we're starting to figure out what's here, and we have accepted it, we have laid back, <laughs> and we have pondered it now, and the rage might be out of us. Maybe the fight's out of us at this point. Yeah, uh, it's 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 feeling like that, you know, from from Avenger, you know, this is inevitable. This is Thanos. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, depending on perspective, I guess, is is where it lands. But this is you're right. This is kind of the field that we're getting. And I don't know that I necessarily have the rage in me like I did last year where I mm-hmm. thought, you know, there was one movie that clearly was better than the others or anything like that. We have a field of good movies that are making up a good movie year. And this is you're absolutely right. This is kind of what the. The expectation should be here going on out, and it's more of the same, but a little different. We're a little happier, I think, with the Critics' <laughs> Choice selections uh, than with the Globes, but we can dive in and we'll cover the some of the Critics' Choice nominations today. We're going to focus mostly on the bigger categories, and the biggest of all is Best Picture. So let's catch you up. Last year at the Critics' Choice Awards show, they nominated 10 Best Picture nominees, including the nine eventual Oscar Best Picture noms, plus Uncut Gems was there at the Critics' Choice as well in the Best Picture category, though the choice winner was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and that, of course, should have won the Oscar for Best Picture, despite (laughs) what everyone says. (laughs) But no, uh, of course, Parasite was the eventual winner there at the Oscars. If you go back in history, Bohemian Rhapsody is the last Best Picture nom that wasn't at Critics' Choice. Mike already mentioned Phantom Thread, but that happened the year prior to Bohemian Rhapsody, so this is a strong indicator for crossovers, but it's not absolute. Michael, as we go through the noms here. Yeah, the Critics' Choice uh, tends to nominate more, and you kind of get the Oscar nominations from the more. 
So I would say that, uh, I, yes, there's always a few movies and a few nominees that come elsewhere, but there is a strong crossover, and Ann Thompson was touting it on the uh, Screen Talk podcast mm-hmm. today. The Critics' Choice didn't do anything crazy or wonky with these <laughs> nominations, so at least you and I aren't caught off guard about a 29-percenter. I like all the way the, in which yeah. we're talking about this awards season so far is like we're dealing with somebody who's a loose cannon and it yeah, can snap you know, at any exactly. Everyone just calm down. But <laughs> Drop we're the equally, knife. We're equally loose in our cannons. I don't know if that makes right. sense, but we no, are. No, I, I get what you're saying. We are. All right, Mike, the first three here, Defy Bloods, it got six choice nominations. Defy Bloods has had a bit of a roller coaster week because, yes, Defy Bloods got the SAG Ensemble. No, Defy Bloods, it did not get anything at the Globes, but, you know, it got NBR, Best Film and Director, a week ago. It got an AFI Top 10. Hell, Defy Bloods already won Best Action Film at the Critics' Choice Super Awards, Mike, which is like the spinoff Critics' Choice Awards show that took, a, you know, the animated feature and a bunch of these genre film uh, awards out of this particular show. But Defy Bloods, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom with eight choice noms, Mank led with 12 nominations, Mike, after leading the Globes with six so it, it's for the first three here, three Netflix movies. Mm. What do you what do you think of uh, these movies that are by high profile actors and directors getting their due, get, you know, running up the score a little bit at the at the choice? So I'm happy to see the five bloods. I think this kind of brings it back a little momentum that it needed after the Globes snubbed it whole cloth, which I think raised a lot of outrage, yeah. rightfully so or not. Depending, I mean, look, you and I have being very candid and honest, we weren't crazy high on the five bloods, but I think it does deserve to at least be in this conversation of this year. And we're high on aspects of the five bloods, like Delroy Lindo. We're high on Delroy. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and especially if you go, I mean, that's a stronger resume than I think most people would expect the five bloods to have. It does have that sag ensemble knob. It does have NBR. It's in the AFI top 10. I mean, if you go on resume alone and on merit, what about this isn't a best picture contender compared to everything else? So mm-hmm. I, I think that's proper. Ma Rainey's I Wish had more momentum. I think that's one of the stronger films we've had this year. It does have the SAG Ensemble nom. Even the momentum for Chadwick Boseman, I think, is it's not it's not halted, but I don't think it's as strong as I expected it to be at this point in the awards season. Right. I don't know what more anyone would need from a film like that. I thought that film was exceptional, honestly, uh, especially in kind of a, a year in which we needed very good to awesome films and i think that's one of them i I wish that had more momentum but the one that does have all the momentum at least if you're talking about best picture and nominees and nominations (laughs) at these major precursor awards right now is mank you said it leads the field with 12 uh it led the globe nominations with six even though it lacks a sag ensemble it has back-to-back major precursors now at the Globes and here at Critics' Choice where it, Mank, leads the field in terms of total nominations, and mm-hmm. there's good news and bad news to that historically. The good news is that the last movie to lead both the Critics' Choice and the Golden Globes in nominations overall was Shape of Water. That not only won Best Picture at the Critics' Choice Award in 2017, but it also won the Oscar, obviously, hmm. for Best Picture. The bad news is that lately, in the last two years, leading the league in total noms at the Globes and Critics' Choice hasn't been a harbinger of good news necessarily, nor overwhelming Oscars' success. The Irishman led Critics' Choice noms last year. It had 14. Marriage Story led Globe noms last year with six. Vice and The Favorite led the shows in noms respectively the year prior. And now, obviously, these are all heavily nominated at the Oscars, 
But in terms of major category wins, none of them would win Best Picture, and they'd be winning maybe one award each in the major six categories. So Hmm. lately it's been the more heavily nominated you are, it seems, the worse your chances. I I think there's a lot of obvious, you know, connections to last year and The Irishman and, you know, a a movie that was, you know, highly touted from the same studio that came from a a bona fide, just national treasure of a director. Mm -hmm. I do think Mank has at least in terms of its awards candidacy, a few more front-runner categories, at least for production design. I, I still think score is pretty incredible with Mank, and, and maybe, maybe if they weren't going against themselves, <laughs> you know, right. Trent Reznor. Uh, I mean, that one should there. be an obvious one, except that there's going to be cannibalization with, you know, Trent right. Reznor doing the same for Soul. And Amanda Seyfried, what's going on with her? The, these categories that we thought were slam dunks for Mank are a little more shaky than we thought they were a month or two ago. Well, this is interesting because this is a movie for film buffs by film a film buff, mm. the buffest of the buff. <laughs> I should use that more often. Mike, what do you push-ups. want What do you want Mank to do at these award shows? Do you, do you feel like you want it to win? Because I like almost feel embarrassed that I like Mank a lot. But then again, I'm a white cinephilic idiot which is probably the proper tone i should take when i describe myself (laughs) using that vocabulary but like i like mank i know is really boring in the middle and i know it has some great scenes in it and i watched it six times for our film study i really like mank but i know it's not like this great all-timer film like i enjoy it but i'm a nerd yeah it's it's very frustrating and it's nothing i haven't said before but if if David Fincher just released a David Fincher movie, <laughs> he probably is moonwalking to a best picture if in this David year. If David Fincher and... directed The Little Things this year, David right, Fincher's winning right. everything. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and that's the frustrating part of this for me. And I, I mean, that's bias and that's subjective. And it was an ode to his father or an homage to his father. And how do you look down on that? But I, I don't know that I'd be embarrassed to have Mank be the, the big winner from this award season. I like it certainly more than some of the other ones that are kind of in the conversation for best picture. I like it more than the next name on this list, which is Minari, which I think has new best picture life. Thanks to the last couple of days. 10 choice noms, second to Mank. Minari is riding some momentum after the SAG ensemble win that validates kind of the Golden Globe roller coaster it was on like it, it was pushed into the foreign language category there was righteous outrage against that fact mm-hmm. everybody's been pretty much unanimous that minari is an american film us included of course we think so it's about <laughs> i say this again a, a, a branch calling themselves the hollywood foreign press says that this movie <laughs> about american immigrants uh in arkansas is not american like mm-hmm. who who are yeah. they anyway? Minari is an American film. It should not have been relegated to the best foreign language category, even though maybe they they do right by the movie still and they vote for it at the end of the day. Minari has a ton of momentum though after these last few days. And because it's always been amongst voting bodies that I think Minari has resonated most with has been critics. Yeah. So much so that I wouldn't be surprised to see this actually win Best Picture at this award show. Right. Now, we don't, I mean, we do know the crossover between the critics voting body and the Academy isn't that strong. And what could that mean? Well, you could talk yourselves in in and out of these precursor awards any which way. And that's what (laughs) you and I do on a 
regular basis here. But <laughs> that being said, I wouldn't be surprised if Minari kind of pulls off the quote unquote upset, if that's how you want to look at it and actually walks away with this. And obviously the critics are high on it. I mean, a double digit nom is for a major precursor is a strong showing. And, and I think Feinberg was saying the exact same voters body that voted for Minari for best picture also voted for Lee Isaac Chung for director in this award show. So again, it's, it's a good sign for Minari and obviously it's got support throughout the critics body with the 10. Okay. News of the world. News of the world has not shown up, Mike. It was a golden globe snub for everybody except for Helena Zangle. Seven choice noms on the day. What do you think of news of the world coming back? I'm surprised that it's resilience. I I, look, (laughs) news of the world is not something that I've seen yet. And it's, Based on everything I've seen and read about it, I I don't have a great desire to dive into. Everyone has kind of been had the same review where this is like it's a fine movie. It's okay. satisfying. Yeah, it's got great production design, great uh, a great score, I would say. And even though it's an old timey score, it's you know, and it's that old western style score. But I mean, the cinematography is gorgeous, Mike, because they get way up in the air and they show all the cattle. You know, when you get up way up in the air and show all the cattle, <laughs> that's a scenic view. I would just say. Anyway, News of the World, you got Tom Hanks, you got Helena Zangle. She is phenomenally talented, no matter what happens with her nomination here. And, we'll, and she's been riding a roller coaster of late, too. I, I would say it's worth it. Is it worth $20? I went. I spent $10 and I went to the movies, so I don't know. <laughs> and you avoided COVID. <laughs> That's right. Supposedly. We'll see. I, yeah, right. I, anyway, I had it months ago, but right. I had antibodies when I did see it. Michael, N- Nomadland is the, the clearest decision that the the critics have made i wonder if i mean again we gotta we gotta add up all their possibilities throughout this card today but i wonder if the the overwhelming support of all of these critics bodies is waning just slightly if the critics are realizing that maybe no man land is not the juggernaut they think it is but then again it is a critics award runaway it got globe drama Am I just saying that because Nomadland missed out on the SAG ensemble that I that I and many people thought it would get? What did you think of Nomadland with six choice noms? Well, there's red flags that are popping up for a movie that's kind of been the front runner for since the summer. I mean, no SAG ensemble is the big biggest one right now. Yeah, it's got less critics' choice noms than News of the World and Minari by quite a bit with that Minari comparison, which I think is a a little surprising. I mean, look, it's more—it's surprising that News of the World landed more nominations than Nomadland, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. I, and we thought Strathairn was going to get supporting actor. We thought for mm-hmm. a long time. Not we, but people thought that, that uh, Swanky had a puncher's chance there. Maybe she still does. Maybe Swanky rolls in like Marina D. Tavera and just shocks the world and just <laughs> drives that freaking van right up to the Academy's door. <laughs> and then the Academy's all virtual and she have made her trip for nothing. But... <laughs> I would like to see it. <laughs> I, I I wonder if the the support for Nomadland is all going to be in the director category. Yeah. And people are going to settle on that and think that's its Oscar and good job for that movie. It's it's really running away and director will confirm yeah. that in a moment. But then again, the editing is great. It's muscular. It's it's something yeah, that it's I high feel quali- like, I mean, I'm not disagreeing. Yeah. It's a high quality film. I just feel like it's it's lost a little bit of its luster. And again, they, there's, you know, take all these precursors not seriously at all, but also the most serious thing that we have to go by because that's what they are. One doesn't necessarily mean anything to the other, but yeah. Yeah. apples to apples comparison, having less the news of the world is very surprising to me. Heavy lies the head that wears the crown. Did I get that right? right? There's a heavy yeah. head. There's a big dome. 
and there's a crown that you Somebody can't lift your Jonathan neck. Somebody called Jonathan Lipnicki. Yeah. Right. Okay. Nomad Land. It's been the favorite for a while, from for, according to a lot of people. Even though mm-hmm. a lot of people have said sneakily that no, it's Mank. No, it's the Trial of Chicago Seven. We're getting there. We'll, we'll keep talking about it. We we kind of have a show to keep talking about it. Michael, one night in Miami, six choice noms. Yes, one night in Miami got Regina King a Globe director, but it did not get Globe drama. Yes, one night in Miami was nominated for SAG Ensemble. We are fans of this movie. Six choice noms. Is it a little bit vulnerable? Did you expect more? This is starting to feel like the same uh, type of deal that Nomadland is, honestly. It feels like everyone's good job. Regina King, here's your nomination. Go to the Oscars. Get nominated in one of the five for director. And sorry, Kingsley Benadir. Sorry, every other supporting guy that's attached to this. Sorry, the technical categories. I I wonder if this movie was most flubbed in its handling by its studio. And we've talked about Amazon's... Hmm subpar lacking marketing in years past yeah we've been upset with amazon not pushing or not getting the results that we want for its films because we've liked a lot of amazon originals exactly every year we review them and we're like wow i love this movie and yeah they don't go far enough yeah and it's to that end it just makes me wonder and especially if you look at the way one night in miami has been treated these two major award shows I guess I could, yeah, I guess to answer your question, it's a long way of saying, yeah, I, I kind of did expect more, except we've seen this from Amazon before, so I'm not shocked that it didn't happen. Well, I, I would say that I do think there's uh, superlatives involved. There's the song, there's the there's the Leslie Odom performance for certain, right? And then Regina King being in the mix for director, it's a, it's a composition award, do they find credit elsewhere do they find credit in screenplay you know that could be an oscar puzzle sort of thing where you know this is representing really strong praise for the movie and then the academy figures out how to nominate it can we trust the academy to do that i don't know we rarely do (laughs) michael here's another movie that just seems to have it's it's got built-in applause for where it's contending right and yeah there's Mm. a few fringe nominations it may get but look i mean promising young woman globe drama nomination after the whole snafu with which category it should be in globe drama nomination no sag ensemble but here it is critics choice best picture promising young woman so i i'm starting to fully expect this to be there on oscar sunday i hope i mean it's hitting it's hitting all its check marks it needs to to be taken seriously as a best picture contender. Yeah. I would expect again, I think this is easier for critics to be high on than it is for something like the Academy to kind of rally around in every branch to decide that mm. they can support a film like this. Mm. Because of that fact though, I think there's this is one of like four or five that I think could be could win this category. I and I think this is a very it's a weird year for a lot of reasons, but for Critics' Choice specifically, I, I don't know who the favorite is. I guess it's Nomadland right now, but I can see Promising a Young Woman kind of like the same way I just said I could see Minari winning this because I think critics are in love with it. I don't know how we do this every year. There's always this one movie, and I think last year it was Jojo Rabbit, right? Yeah. Jojo Rabbit was like, well, if it gets in, it could win. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. And we're all the way up till the end. We're like, it could win, and it did win. Uh, adapt, uh, ad- adapted screenplay, yeah. It did win at, uh, during the show. Now, Promising Young Woman is that kind of story here. I mean, will it just get screenplay at the end of the day? I don't know. I loved it. I For me, like, 
I don't have a lot of favorites this year, movies that I want to win that would right. salvage this strange year for me. Promising Young Woman is one of those movies. So, I don't know. I'm kind of fingers crossed. I'm trying not to jinx it and trying to say that I'm not jinxing it and therefore reverse jinxing it. <laughs> I know how you I know you know what I mean when I say that. Mike, Sound of Metal. This is a movie that a lot of pundits have been predicting from Darius Martyr. Riz Ahmed is, of course, a fixture and best actor. Five Critics' Choice nominations. Last year, Uncut Gems had four Critics' Choice nominations. Does Sound of Metal feel like an Uncut Gems for you, or does it feel like a bona fide contender that's going to translate to the Oscars as well? It's It's been around, right? Mm-hmm. Like It's been in the conversations for Best Picture. I have never really seen it. I... I I thought it was going to be a resume builder for Riz Ahmed, and it's clearly more than that, and a lot of people are very high on him. There's a couple films in this category that, to me, the way I've understood them has been, all right, you're going to stand out in this one category, and that's going to be where you get it. For me, for this movie, it'd be Riz Ahmed and Best Actor. I fully expect him to be there. He's he's hit everything. Does that make it a Best Picture contender? I, I don't. I don't know. It's a fine movie. It belongs in the conversation. I'm just surprised at how well it's been doing. It got NBR. It got AFI. So Sound yeah. of Metal does have this resume that's 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 building quite a bit. I, I do I do wonder if the Globes issuing it it could hurt, and the fact that it really doesn't have an ensemble chant. Well, maybe maybe it should have gotten ensemble because. But then again, we really had ensembles this year. We had. Chicago Seven, and we had four guys in One Night mm-hmm. Miami, and we had a, a huge cast in My Rainy, and I, I get it. I get why you know it might have been a numbers game at a certain point for Sound of Metal not to get ensemble, but I, you know, maybe in another year, the strength of those three with Paul Rocky and Olivia Cook included with Riz Ahmed there could have been involved. Anyway, we're going to talk more about the actors. The Trial of the Chicago Seven is our 10th Critics' Choice Best Picture nominee. Mike, six choice noms overall. We have talked about this movie as a not too much of a sleeper at this point, but a sleeper best picture front runner. Uh, yes, Trial of Chicago 7 got a SAG Ensemble. It got a Globe dra- uh, Drama nomination. It's checking off boxes. I still think this is the leader to win Best Picture at the Academy, but also I would be most surprised if the critics rallied behind it. I mean, if the Critics' Choice Awards are in the business of predicting the Oscars, mm-hmm. then I think this has a better chance, if that makes any sense. <laughs> but I've seen this be very polarizing amongst critics. It should so be, for that, as far as we're concerned. Right, yeah, as far as we're concerned, it absolutely should be. I think that's the proper way, and that's how I have seen it. But it's for that reason, I think it actually somehow has a better chance at the Oscars than it does here. Uh, or it should, anyway. Anyway, this is to me is like, if I'm cynical, I'm predicting the trial of the Chicago 7. If I'm joyous yeah, and hopeful... Right. That's and I'm how I predicting, feel. I'm predicting Ma Rainey's Black Bottom or Promising Young Woman or Minari or yeah, even Nomadland, going back to the inevitable Nomadland, would be something that felt more 2020. Yeah, or, I agree. More profound and inspired selection. Like the Trial of the Chicago 7, we stamped as something of a high quality. Like if this is a best picture. But it's been done. It's been done. It feels yeah. like it's also the the topical situation mm-hmm. where the forty year old white guys band together and deal with the same problems that the people are dying in the streets right now for. Good people dying in the streets right now for. And it's a it's a movie that pays deference to the fact that black lives are are being put in tremendous amount of jeopardy in our modern situation. Even though 
obviously the trial of the Chicago seven didn't make this movie, you know, uh, after George Floyd, it made it before George Floyd. So the situation in the political climate to me, again, to kind of hone this argument down, I don't feel like they should pick the trial of the Chicago seven as a statement picture, nor do I feel like the trial of the Chicago seven is a runaway obvious winner, or I don't think it's better than the rest. So if it's not better than the rest, I feel like they're fucking pandering if they pick it. You're not moving forward. You're not evolving as a voting body. You're actually going backwards. And well, they're pandering it's, t- wrong. it's tough to even yes. say you're going backwards. It's a totally lateral move to right. pick this movie. Right. I mean, that's it what it is. It feels like the yesteryear pick. Exactly. That, you know, and it's it feels over like the important shit going. It on. feels like they think it's a safe pick, except it shouldn't be because Which it's is actually really dumb. It, yeah, right. Take it's got some backwards. It's galactically stupid. Exactly. Be- I mean, and, and we, but the fact, my saving grace, at least again, for as far as Critics' Choice goes, we're not the only ones that see that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we are, and we pound the table and yell as best we can about it. But we're we're not alone in that opinion of the movie, and the opinion that that is shared by is other critics. I, so, I just get upset because critics are hailing it as like one of the most important movies of the year. You know, right? Just, and that's, if, I mean. If it, you know it's not the best movie of the year and you're calling it one of the most important and that's why you're picking it, that pisses me off. Right. And that's why that's when I get really frustrated. With and if the that's Oscar. the case, why didn't Get Out win? Exactly. Right. That you was know, the most I mean, important and we thought it was the best. Right. Anyway, Black Panther, etc. Yep. It goes down the list. And it's... Anyway, all right. The SAG 5 is here. The Globe Drama 5 is not here at the Critics' Choice, Mike. The father was snubbed. Yeah, this is actually the third straight year the Critics' Choice and Globe's Best Picture Drama categories don't overlap. Wow. Uh, each of the last three Critics' Choice shows, despite having 10 nomination slots for Best Picture, have missed at least one movie that did make the Golden Globe's Best Picture Drama category. This year, it's The Father, preceded last year by Two Popes, and infamously, like you said already at the top of the show in 2018-19, the movie that would go on to win Best Picture Drama at the Globes in Bohemian Rhapsody. uh, That also avoided being nominated by critics at the Critics' Choice. Yeah, it's not great for the father. I wonder if the father is already racking up. Is that- it? I mean, but 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 can you say that when Bohemian Rhapsody did what it did? Yeah. If but, Anthony Hopkins goes for the next two weeks and schmoozes every member of the HFPA, you're betting on the ten percent coming through. But it's again, it's a it's a safer bet because you know there's going to be a one of these nominees that doesn't get this picture right i mean there's pro by by the numbers i think if we did these numbers again i felt like we've done them before but we haven't done them in a while but i feel like it's an 80 or 90 percent crossover i i I would guess i would bet money on that being over a 75 percent crossover let's put it that way so some there's going to be some variation is the father what you would bet on carrying across because it has more of a resume than some of these others we're about to mention, perhaps. Don't know yet. I have to see it for myself, but right. I think they, they wouldn't hurt themselves if they, you know, had Anthony Hopkins going around in a car with Brian May. <laughs> yeah, nobody would. Uh, <laughs> and Anthony Hopkins, uh, I you know, he's dancing on TikTok. Exactly. Where, I mean, there's wherever. the music crossover. Yeah, there you go. All right. AFI, Mike, the differences between AFI and the Critics' Choice. AFI had Soul and Judas and the Black Messiah. AFI did not have Promising Young Young Woman and News of the World. So, what the hell is Soul? This is a frustration point for you and I. Now, 
I didn't double check the rules on the Critics' Choice about okay. animated I, films. Was it were they relegated to the other award show because Soul won the Critics' Choice Super Award for Best Animated Feature? And so that's what I was wondering myself. And of course, I didn't look it up either because I was too busy looking up inane stats about crossovers and stuff like that to look up the real stuff that matters. <laughs> but that being said, <laughs> I, I think this is really hurting Soul just overall because there's not another chance to talk about it alongside these other movies. In the Golden Globes, now in the Critics' Choice, the BAFTAs, I don't think, are going to bail Soul out. Why would they? So I, I think the Soul Best Picture push might be dead here. It's frustrating to me because I thought that was a that was an obvious, cool, fun pick. It seems feature. like the obvious ones to us this year are the ones struggling most. The Souls, the Ma Rainey's, the ones that we're both highest on collectively. Hmm. Uh, it just does, they, for whatever reason, they... The punditry would rather go Chicago Seven and those types. All right, I think uh, I think we we have to wait and see. I'm going to swallow the rage. You think from Soul's going to get a Best Picture now? No, I, I'm ho- I'm holding out hope. I'm holding out hope that Soul's going to going to get a little more. But no, I don't I I don't think it's going to right now. But I'm I, I'm holding out hope that that cool thing could still happen. But I also have some more cool things in Best Picture that I want to happen. I still have Promising Young Woman. Like, mm-hmm. what are your cool things in Best Picture right now? Do you have anything cool you want to happen? You need to happen. Uh, Thanos to snap. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is what I mean. Like, I I, I don't. Yeah. I'm not heavily, you know, I don't have that one movie that I'm hoping against hope for. My big two biggest things right now are both negatives. It's I hope it's not Nomadland just because it's fun to root for against the front runner. Yeah. And if it's not Nomadland, then I hope it's not the Trial of Chicago 7 because one, that's a front runner. And two, I think that would send a very poor message about a couple things. All so right, that's well, not, you know, I'm not I'm not crazy about anything right now. Yeah. No, you're very you're somehow very measured. <laughs> anyway go some, Borat too. some more high profile snubs but you didn't even like uh, Borat no too, I didn't it. I just like to watch the world burn okay Judas and the Black Messiah is coming out this week on HBO Max yes it had a good week last week or two, a week and a half ago Mike it, it was in the AFI it was in the NBR top 10s Judas and the Black Messiah got a best ensemble choice at the Choice Awards but it did not get best picture i've seen it mike i was like eight bud lights in after a couple of my worst sundance movies (laughs) and i watched judas and the black messiah and i just it did not give me that first impression of a hands down best picture nominee a best of the year level film and i enjoyed it i learned a lot from it as this white bougie idiot person that i am i I, le- I did i learned a lot from it i was very saddened by the whole deal because we're we're historically we're up against a lot of the same forces uh and we're seeing a lot of the same people being victimized today as we did then good god it's just it's really a rough watch in that regard and there's a helplessness uh futility that really bothered me watching judas and the black messiah now Am I going to feel that way after a watch, a sober watch, rewatch when when we study it soon? I don't know, but I, I I am in the camp of Daniel Kaluuya. I'm glad he's getting nominated. I think Lakeith Stanfield is way better than people are giving him credit for. That was oh, a good. that was a revelation. I thought he was awesome in that, and uh, I'm glad it got the ensemble nom here. But all right, we talked about the father Borat too. <laughs> First cow, never rarely, sometimes, always. 
these are two critical darlings that will show up today. They did not get nominated here, and we didn't get surprised, Mike. Tenant, Another Round, Palm Springs, Cherry, The Midnight Sky. You know, I, I have my biggest snub being Soul, but I don't even know if it was eligible. The King of Staten Island got a comedy nod. The half of it, Emma, those are my favorite comedies on the year. Malcolm and Marie, I knew wasn't going to be here. Yeah, I loved it last week. Yeah, I'm, I want to fight every critic uh, out there, <laughs> including you. You don't like Malcolm and Marie. We had a big pre-production, you know, civil conversation about it. So that was interesting that things happened that way. I, I didn't know Malcolm and Marie was going to be so polarizing. I didn't care. I just, I, I called them like I see it. I love Malcolm and Marie when I saw it, but I have to, I've gotten so much shit over the weekend with Malcolm and Marie. What, what, any, any of these snubs supernova any of these snubs surprise you at all uh i don't know that i expected never really sometimes always to i i, I thought it would do better with critics yeah, uh, I, yeah. I don't know that i expected it to you know win or be up there or seven anything, but seven indie spirit noms right so it looked like it was getting lavish praise elsewhere and it's i wonder if it was along with first cow if it's just something that's been out too long and people have forgotten about it because it's got a kind of a small push behind it I, I would have liked to see that, but I, I'm just curious to see, again, we have a lot of movies that are settling into like one category right now, where Judas mm-hmm. and the Black Messiah, you think that's a Daniel Kaluuya piece. Uh, Nomadland, you think that's best director, those types of things. And it's going to be interesting to see if chalk holds with mm-hmm. this prolonged award season, or if some movie is going to surprise and win two or three of the big six or eight categories en route to a best picture win an Oscar Sunday. I kind of hope not. I kind of hope they spread it around. It's, it mm. feels like that kind of year where, again, you know, talk about the year however you want. It's on the similar tiers for me. You know, maybe I have some at a slightly higher tier, but it's right. mostly the, the same tier, the same graded type of movie. Anyway, I think that's a huge, whopping best picture conversation to start off with. <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> let's run through the best ensemble real quick. The Five Bloods, Judas and the Black Messiah, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Minari, One Night Miami, The Trial of Chicago 7. That is the SAG 5 Plus, uh, plus Ju- uh, Judas and the Black Messiah there. Uh, we have the Gotham Award uh, best ensemble going to The Trial of the Chicago 7. Uh, and do you think any of these... Best picture cases are, are, are being helped by that category. Uh, it's interesting. If Again, if you look at history, 2016 was the last time this award and the Best Picture Award at Critics' Choice went to the same winner, and that was the Oscars Best Picture winner, Moonlight, winning both of those. And interestingly enough, four times in the last... This category, Best Ensemble at Critics' Choice, has been around for 11 years. Four times in the 11 years since this has been a Critics' Choice category, the eventual Best Picture at Critics' Choice has not been nominated in the Ensemble category. Three of those four times, though, have all occurred in the past four years, with Roma, Shape of Water, and La La Land uh, winning Best Picture, not being nominated in Best Ensemble. Uh, That streak was only broken last year by Once Upon a Time in Hollywood actually being nominated in Best Ensemble. So you win this, sometimes you don't have Best Picture success, which I don't understand, but maybe it's spreading the love. That is uh, a revelation. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that the uh, critics' choice of Best Ensemble would have like a negative recent track. I'm record. surprised the Critics' Choice Best Ensemble didn't vote La La Land in. Huh. That was most shocking to me, and Shape of Water for that matter. Fascinating. All right. 
We said at the top that uh, the Critics' Choice Super Awards covered a lot of the genre pictures that they've covered at the regular show in the past, but we did have a Best Comedy category announced today. Borat 2, the 40-year-old version, the King of Staten Island, and On the Rocks, Mike, getting nominations here. Palm Springs, The Prom. What did you think of that group? Nice to see On the Rocks get a mention. Nice to see King of Staten Island finally show up in a major precursor at all. I'm Again, I, I truly think that might be Judd Apatow's best film. Uh, and it's certainly his most Oscars-worthy. I was expecting far more from that. The momentum just never really got anywhere. I'm mean, Bill Burr was around for a while in terms of supporting actor, yeah. but he kind of died off as well. And it, it's 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 sad to see. This is the kind of the case for the year for me. The 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 movies that I'm highest on that I thought should have the most awards legs uh, have fallen out to a lot of these other ones who are more traditional awards fodder, which I guess shouldn't be shocking. But for such a unique year, I was expecting maybe a little difference. But we are where we are where we are. I agree with you, and I think uh, it's a movie I really like. I never expected it to be right. here. I know you've joked about it, but I don't expect you expecting it. Well, I, I expected it to make an appearance at the Globes. Honestly, okay, yeah, that, yeah, that that was surprising. We we thought we thought Pete Davidson would have yeah. a major presence at, at the Golden Globes, but uh, maybe they're like that commercial, the insurance commercial, the blue hair, you know, guy, you know, what was that aggressive <laughs> commercial? They see all of his tattoos and they're like at the hardware store. Yeah, they're like one of those. Anyway, I wanted the half of it. Emma, those are like again, I, I'm raising the torch for those two movies in com- best comedy categories, but. But all right, best director. Here we go, Mike. What did what happened last year? So last year we had a tie between Bong Joon Ho and Sam Mendes. The five other noms, including the Academy Award noms in Tarantino and Scorsese, but no Todd Phillips, Noah Baumbach, Greta Gerwig, and the Safties were here in best director at the Critics Choice last year. Okay, so this year we have Lee Isaac Chung making an appearance at a major precursor. Yes, he got an indie spirit nod, but this is a major show of strength for Minari, Mike. Yeah, as everything Minari was in the Critics' Choice overall. And that's why I think you have to take it seriously in terms of winning Best Picture at this award show. And if it wins Best Picture at this award show, I don't know how you can't see it on oh, yeah. Oscars Sunday. And Lee Isaac Chung's been high. On the pundits mm-hmm. lists, uh, I know uh, Clayton Davis has him up up there, and I and and Feinberg. I mean, the, the major trades have Lee Isaac Chung very high uh, on their list. Emerald Fennell, um, I'm glad. I'm like relieved here that nothing weird happened with this award show for Promising Young Woman. She got the Globe. She got the Indie Spirit as well. David Fincher, Mike got a Globe directorial nod, uh, and uh, he's here for Mank. Spike Lee from The Five Bloods, he was NBR's number one on the year. Regina King got the Globe. We were psyched. One of our mm-hmm. you know silver linings in the last episode. Aaron Sorkin, The Trial of the Chicago 7, no supply, surprise, he's already in the Globe's five as well. Chloe Zhao from Nomadland, she's a Globe spirit. You know, critics' uh, scoreboard runaway. The Globe five is here, plus Spike Lee and Lee Isaac Chung. This kind of feels like it's going to be the field from which the Oscars category will be picked from. Could be. Could I think be. I'm most surprised. If you're going to give News of the World seven noms in an award show, you would think Paul Greengrass would be one of them, but he does not show up here. You know, he's got composition issues in that movie. I feel like there's a there's like 20 minutes that are really out of place in news of the world. So I'm, I'm not surprised that he didn't show up here. He really didn't have momentum coming into this. Mm-hmm. It might True. be a production values actor 
act, or you know, supporting actress vehicle there. I don't know. I, I I still wonder if News of the World's got enough for a Best Picture nom as the pundits, as the established, you know, predictors are predicting. I'm not sure. I don't think it necessarily should be, but we'll see. Mike Darius Martyr of Sound of Metal. He's sixth on Feinberg. Florian Zeller of The Father is eighth. Uh, he's got George C. Wolf right up there in, the, in that next tier. George C. Wolf from Ma Rainey is tenth. We have we have seen some new names in this director field, and we've talked about it with Ryan McQuaid. Do you think like the Academy is going to zig or zag to a, a different new name like a Florian Zeller or George C. Wolf or Martyr? It's it's a tough call because like it, it it'd be easier for me to say yes if this category didn't feel like such a runaway already. Good. I, well, I mean, I don't think they should, mind you. I like I like Darius Barter. Don't get me wrong. I like George C. Wolf, but I want to see three women in there. I want to see those yeah, women in there. Yeah. yeah, and it feels like this is this is Chloe Zhao's. I, I mean, until she's beaten somewhere, right? I mean, she is so far ahead on the critic scoreboard. I think she has what close to thirty wins yeah. to her name. Otherwise, and closest is three. <laughs> otherwise, Fincher's going to be lurking the whole time. He's right. there. We'll be on Oscar Eve, and we'll be like. David Fincher's lurking. He's lost the entire <laughs> award season, but he's lurking. Now, I, mean, I, I, I am amazed. I, yeah. I mean, I truly am amazed that Fincher has had such a lack of success because, I, again, I thought in this truncated year, everything I said about that category during our review has just not come to fruition. I, right. I, I, this is Chloe Zhao's year. It, it's starting to feel like she can't be stopped. And Bong Joon-ho had a tie at this award show last year. He had a much larger resume share of this category than anybody has against Chloe Zhao this year. They certainly yeah. against, you know, what David Fincher does not have half of what Bong Joon-ho had last year. Again, we'll tally it up as we go along, but uh, I do think Chloe Zhao is running away with it right now. And I, I agree with you. I, I want to see some new names. Another new name that I like, I mean, Eliza Hittman, Kelly Reichart, they got Indie Spirit noms. I would consider them. There's no Shaka King from Judas and the Black Messiah. There's no Paul Greengrass, like you said. No Christopher Nolan showed up. No Thomas Vinterberg showed up from another round. Again, I'm, I'm looking around this field, and because there's so many new names, you never know there might be something wonky. We've seen it with Polakowski in the past, right? Yeah, and now I'm going to talk out the other side of my mouth, is that as far as Bong Joon-ho, and yes, he had the elevated resume, this category has also been a little bizarre. Uh, recent history, I suggest. Yeah, yeah. The tie is interesting from last year with Bong Joon-ho because that was the Critics' Choice was the only major precursor award, including the DGAs, as the fourth major precursor to reward the Parasite director prior to his winning the category on Oscars Sunday. Major one, but I mean, a lot of critics... Well, a lot of critics, right? He did have he did have a, a better resume than anyone facing down Chloe Zhao right now. That's absolutely true. But the one outlier award in this category of the four major precursors has been a bit telling. The best director category hasn't had anything more varied than a three-one split amongst its major precursor winners since two thousand four. So what that means is among the Critics' Choice, Golden Globes. BAFTA and DGA award for the best director category. The same person has won either all four precursors or at worst three of the four every year for the past 15 award years. Wow. On top of that, since 2010, there have been six years that have been split three to one for precursors or four to one. If you include last year's tie, as was the case of the critics choice of those six years, though, the director who won only one precursor ended up winning the Oscar four times compared to two that ended up going to the 
director that won three precursor awards. So I've gone cross-eyed. Yeah, you got to right. explain it. <laughs> so it's a long way of saying that. Let's say, let's say Chloe Zhao wins the Critics' Choice, mm-hmm. the DGA, and the Golden Globe. If somebody else wins the BAFTA, the sixth time something like that has happened, two-thirds of the time, that person that won the BAFTA wins the Oscar. So unless there's a sweep, so the outlier the wins. outlier so wins uh, two two out of every three times recently. So it's Sex Panther by Odeon, right? Exactly. The category. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. So the 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 favorite does not win if it looks like a sweep. It's almost a sweep, and then someone exactly. Else comes in. If it's a sweep, it it's a sweep. Year. Right? It's a sweep. Okay. It's a sweep. It's never that you know there hasn't been an upset that way. But uh, it, there's not. Okay. There's life for somebody. So if somebody's going to make some noise, be on the lookout if somebody wins one of these precursors from Zal. Fascinating. That's that's a stat that predictors should hold in their back pocket mike lead actress this year is plentiful what happened last year last year we had renee zellweger she won everything speaking of sweeps uh the noms last year at critics choice were the academy five of arrivo Saoirse ronan charlize theron and scarjo as well as lupita and aquafina were in the mix here okay so we have a group of actresses that includes a lot of the big names we've been talking about and touting, Mike. Viola Davis from Ma Rainey. She got the Globe and the SAG. Andra Day, the United States versus Billie Holiday. We're going to talk about her more in a minute. She got Globe drama, and here she is at the Critics' mm-hmm. Choice. Sydney Flanagan, never, rarely, sometimes, always. A lot of critical support. A lot of awards at these critics uh, and the New York Film uh, Critics Circle, for, for mind you, Indie Spirit, she got a nom there as well. So this is this is the first major precursor nomination for Sydney Flanagan. Vanessa Kirby keeps checking off boxes on her resume, and I think that's important because you know this this is a tough category. She's got to be heavy locked hitters in now, right? Globe Drama, SAG, Critics' Choice, you would think, but you never know. I hope she's there. Frances McDormand from Nomadlands getting it all. Carrie Mulligan as well from Promising Young Woman. Zendaya shows up from Malcolm and Marie, her first big nom of awards season. We got some big snubs, though. Most notably, Amy Adams, who got the SAG. Thank Michelle God. Pfeiffer. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer, who got Globe Comedy or Musical. Uh, one in those five, Sophia Loren was in Feinberg's top five, and of course Meryl Streep. You would have thought she would have come in somewhere. Yeah, she's not. She's ninth and tenth on Feinberg's list. Not today. Uh, so again, and it's like we talked about with the Golden Globes noms. Uh, look, Sydney Flanagan's a great story. I wish, like I said, everything from Never Really Sometimes always had more momentum. It, it right. seems like, and the Critics' Choice is kind of cementing that this field of six, if you remove Sydney Flanagan, this field of six is starting to feel like five of those are going to be the Oscar noms. And I'm surprised Michelle Pfeiffer is not in that group, that established This is what I'm talking about. Group, this right? is exactly what I'm talking about. I think that's head and shoulders the best performance I've seen this year outside but here's of the thing, Lindo. though. The rest of the performances are so damn good. Uh, yes. I can't I like this is like I'm upset about a lot of things this year, just in general. I'm not gonna be that upset as much as I love Michelle Pfeiffer in French Exit and she was just daggers, just shooting daggers at everyone. I love that performance. It was just oh my god. It was like the, the it was like a cat's freaking clawing your face, the performance. <laughs> anyway, love the performance. 
but I also love Viola Davis and Flanagan and Kirby yeah, and Dorman and Mulligan. I'm with you. I'm not mad at this category. Too. I'm not mad. This is a this is a loaded year, and I think it's a rightful year. It's going to be interesting who to see who gets bumped, I, and I don't want any of them to get bumped. I, I I'm speaking yeah. of the five I have seen. I have not seen Andre Day for the United States versus Billy Holiday yet. I'm excited to see her coming on. Look, Zendaya. I'm not crazy about her like so many others seem to be, even though that's being tempered a little bit either. But she belongs in the conversation certainly. Well, it's cool for me because I'm I'm I am really high on her performance. I would not expect her at the end of the day to to crash the Academy Five per se. I think obviously she her you know her candidacy is more vulnerable than the rest. Yeah, she, she may be getting the uh, the Tony Collette Memorial spot here is how I put it. You know, it's tough to crack okay. the Oscars if Critics' Choice is your lone major precursor nom. It's it's not impossible, and we still have Baftas, but it seems like you know you. That you your odds of making the Oscars field if Critics Choice is your lone nom are very similar mm-hmm. to your odds of making the Oscars field if you have no major precursor noms, which is to say your odds it's not impossible, but your odds aren't great. I feel like the, she saved the critics' bacon at the end of the movie because the whole third act she checks John David Washington, by the way, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of the criticisms against Malcolm and Marie are shouldn't be because she checked them anyway i think a lot of critics are eating mac and cheese with a spoon <laughs> and they're not a fork and they're just saying i agree with marie and <laughs> all right that, that joke just well you're it's just too, you're, it's too soon you're it's biting at soon. me because anyone who eats mac and cheese with a fork is a fool i had a huge problem with john david Watt. you have all to right. eat it with a spoon but have you eaten rigatoni mac and cheese <laughs> Because you can't eat a, you can't spoon rigatoni mac and cheese, motherfucker. You know? No. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Either way, Zendaya right now and Sydney Flanagan, for that matter, they both have objectively stronger resumes than Sophia Loren as far as a case for an Oscars nomination. I'm not done. I mean, like a tray of rigatoni mac and cheese. I tried, listener. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, uh, I think uh, Zendaya is fun for me. I, I worry about her candidacy overall. I blacked you out for the rest of the time. <laughs> Fair. Kate Winslet, Rosamund Pike, Mike, another Globe nominee that got snubbed. And Nicole Bahari from Miss Juneteenth, Gotham winner, Indie Spirit nom. Julie Garner, uh, Gotham and Indie Spirit nom. You know, it's just this year, it's just too crowded. It's too crowded for a Haley Bennett, Carrie Coon, Elizabeth yeah. Moss, Nina Haas. They're on my list. But there's no way they're going to crack this top five. And we were t- we were talking about a ton of actresses this year that just put up great work. Wander Darkly, Sienna Miller, tremendous performance. Yeah. A year after she put up another great performance. Uh, I just, you know, I, I, I think it's it's been a loaded category in any year, never mind a strange one. So we're, we're looking at probably, I hope taking the five out of this seven because amy adams i really i just like again i love amy Adams. well and that's why we were so upset about the sags using that spot right. on her. just please no right. no amy adams i i just can't I, that would really upset me at the end <laughs> well, of the day it's not gonna be the last we speak about hillbilly elegy in this uh, episode alone unfortunately but we can move on to lead actor last year at the critics choice joaquin phoenix won everything uh the Critics' Choice had seven noms last year, four of the Academy Five. Jonathan Price was not at the Critics' Choice, but he did make the Oscars field. Antonio Banderas, Leo, uh, Adam Driver, and Adam Sandler, as well as Robert De Niro and Eddie Murphy, were the Critics' Choice noms. So more noms, of course, at the Critics' Choice than in the Academy Five. And again, 
we have more noms. We have eight. We have eight. Like, they're not helping us at all, here, <laughs> I feel. And they, they might as well have just to put nine. Anyway, Ben Affleck <laughs> from the way back. I'm a huge Ben Affleck fan. I know you are as well. You're a huge fan of Feinberg's interview with Ben Affleck. Yes. I'm yes. saying that on Twitter. Uh, his first big nom of award season and he's high on lists. I'm not a uh, fan of this ongoing conspiracy to try and convince me that the way back <laughs> happened this year and not in like 2012 where I know damn well it did. <laughs> and it's spread to the critics branch and now <laughs> I just can't trust anybody. If it helps, this movie feels like a sports film from 2012. Yeah, it's because that's when it was filmed, Michael, and released. Okay. I'm not an I'm idiot. Not, I'm not going to argue with you. Uh, just his fluctuating weight, as is, as does mine, would also match up with 2012. Okay, the year of our Lord. All right, Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal. He's running away with a lot of stuff. He's the leader on the Critics Scoreboard, NBR and Gotham winner. He's a Globe Drama nom, a SAG nom, an Indie Spirit nom. Riz Ahmed seems to be a fixture as... Does Chadwick Boseman can as see for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, a Globe and SAG nom. He's the second in the critics' um, scoreboard there with 11 different wins. All right, here's where it gets wonky, Mike. We got those expected nominations. Tom Hanks from News of the World yeah. shows up here. They can't even snub Tom Hanks, the critics. They, and I get why they won't. Don't snub Tom Hanks anymore, people. But Tom Hanks is there. You got to pick Is it him. worth it? I mean, does it deserve it? He's really good, and he's got some great scenes, and he's got, you know, Tom Hanks' Fury Road for a good 25 minutes of the movie, even though he kind of just goes, gets high ground and sits. All right. But that's enough for that, a Critics' Choice Best Actor nom, huh? It's Tom Hanks' Fury Road for like three and a half minutes. All right. I'll take your word for it, because I don't know if I'll see it. <laughs> he's good. Anyway, Anthony Hopkins from The Father seems to be a fixture. Globe Drama SAG seems to be a contender for the win. Really looking uh, based forward on to the, seeing that. Yeah, the critics, we, we both, that's our white whale right now. Mm-hmm. Not Anthony Hopkins. We're white whales. And we, anyway, <laughs> Delroy Lindo, Defy Bloods. He's been snubbed everywhere other than the critics, Mike. He is third in the critics' scoreboard. A lot of wins in that circuit. Defy Bloods, having a good day at the critics' choice. Here is Delroy, Delroy Lindo. He's back. What, what, what do you need from a lead acting performance if that's not a way? In this year, too. I'm sorry, but like. Well, here's the thing. Do you think it's political? Do you think it's because he's a MAGA hat wearing character who has some tough things? It wouldn't that surprise to me. Him? That's a good point. Do you, think, do you think it's just one of those characters that people are just like are angry at and object to? You, a little I mean, bit but and... we are we really at the point still where we can't separate a fucking Delroy Lindo acting his ass off performance from acting the character plays? Ass off. You know? I love them. I mean, I don't love his character, obviously. Right, but that's the point. Well, right. <laughs> that's what acting you... is. That's what acting is supposed to be. All right, Gary Oldman. Again, this is my whole weekend. Just almost <laughs> replying on Twitter. Almost. Just just like seething. This critic and that critic saying one thing and the other thing. Not just holding back. Because I've gotten in two Twitter arguments in my life. One was with Bibiani, and it was over Mission Impossible movie. And I love William. He came back on the show. But we argued for all day. All day. Was, I, I can't believe I did that. And I told myself afterwards, I'm never arguing on Twitter again. I'm just not going to do it. I'm sorry. I, I, don't, I don't mean to insult people by not engaging in these arguments i wanted to engage this weekend with malcolm and marie anyway <sighs> delroy lindo is another <laughs> argument i would have with people gary oldman from mank having a huge weekend uh, i kind of predicted this globe drama sag here he is at the choice and steven yun uh, did not get globe 
uh, anything, and which was sad. But he got SAG, and here he is at the choice. Tahar Rahim is a major sl- snub from the Mauritanian, which is apparently a word mm-hmm. in the English language. And Sasha Baron Cohen, his dual nomination hopes probably dashed yeah. a little bit for Borat 2 here, Mike. Yeah, I think that's the headline right now. Delroy, Stephen Yoon, Tom Hanks are here. Sasha Baron Cohen, Mads Mikkelsen are not. Uh, John David Washington from Malcolm and Marie is not. Malcolm yeah. and Marie, as a matter of fact, uh, you know, we talked about how polarizing it is amongst critics, but snubbed everywhere outside of Zendaya's nom uh, for this show. Z- Zendaya. Zend- oh, we remember we had the intervention i can't i we, we both, i'm so uh, sorry I, that just doesn't no we stick. we did we i know it's it's pronunciation <laughs> dyslexia we've been bad all week uh with uh names and which it's an old thing guys yeah. it's more than it is a like we look up things i put the youtube videos of the pronunciation in here anyway um Lakeith Stanfield, I was hoping, may show up just and surprise people because he was that good from Judas and the Black Messiah. Rob Morgan got an indie spirit nom, Mike, at uh, at that award show. And I was, again, you know, I was hoping the critics would make some more criticky picks. But this goes back to what you said at the top of the show. You know, Bull is not necessarily a movie that is going to have mainstream uh, levels of uh, eyes on it, right? So it's not going to show up at the Critics' Choice Awards, even though it might show up at more Critics' Awards, especially Indie Film Awards. Nobody from uh, Miami either. One Night in Miami doesn't make it mm. make it doesn't make the cut here in this uh, expanded category, which I think is a bit surprising as well. But yeah, you're right. I, for for whatever reason, uh, it seems like we we picked names we're comfortable with and know, and are trying to predict the Oscars with them. Maybe, maybe. Let's just say if they don't get the five out of this eight, they're going to feel a little silly. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they don't get it. I hope John Dave Washington gets it. All right, Mike, supporting actress, what happened last, last year? Last year, Laura Dern won everything. Four of the five Academy noms uh, were here at the Critics' Choice as well. Kathy Bates was nominated at the Oscars. She did not make Critics' Choice nominating. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh, Margot Robbie, and J-Lo, as well as Zhao Shuzhen from The Farewell, were here at the Critics' Choice. Okay, so we have six in both supporting categories nominated. In the actress side, we have Maria Bakalova from Borat 2. She is now coming in everywhere. She's she got a Globe lead actress for comedy or musical, SAG supporting actress. I want, does that resume strike you as stronger than if she got dual supportings or, or weaker? Oh, that is a fantastic question. That's a tough question. Yeah, I don't is. know what I think, but I know that... I think the way they're handling comedy or musical, like if Carrie Mulligan was in that category, it would have just added gravitas. And again, no offense to music, which I haven't seen yet, or Kate Hudson, whose career I love. But again, she's in a movie that I haven't seen yet that I'm kind of mad about having to see. Mike, Maria Bakalova is in a category where if she wins it, is she Aquafina from last year? Where Aquafina's winning a Golden Globe, Aquafina's winning a Gotham Award, but still we're not giving her the credit that that an award and a major precursor should give her. Who are the locks right now in this category outside of Olivia Coleman and God help me, Glenn Close? Ya Jung Yoon should be a lock, I would say, based on what she's got in terms of critical support and SAG. I'll agree with that. No Globe, though. No Globe. Right. Amanda Seyfried, she's just too cool. And she's from my alma mater, so I like I wanna I want her to win, if not yep, be here. But I, I would have thought no she sack. was a, uh, she was a lock a month ago, and and I, I mean her resume. Everyone has full holes in their resume right now, and somebody right. who doesn't is Maria Bakalova. 
that's the crazy thing about it, right? That's the crazy thing about this category right now. Anyway, to, to, to run through them, Glenn Close from Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Coleman, Amanda Seedfried, Ya Jung Yoon, and Ellen Bernstein, Mike. Ellen Bernstein, that's your six with Bakalova. I, I mean, I thought Helena Zengel was on a roll. Mm-hmm. She is not. SAG, Globe, no uh, presence here. She did get Best Breakthrough. We'll talk about that in a second. Maybe that's the critics kind of playing puzzle games uh jody foster who got the globe from the mauritanian not here mm-hmm. uh talia Ryder from never really sometimes always she got an indie spirit last week not here olivia cook has been on feinberg's five forever from sound of metal and she really hasn't had she her was moment really yet good at all. right she was really good she's i'm surprised that's being overlooked especially with as beloved sound of metal is becoming could she be leslie manville because leslie manville was out there but leslie yeah manville but phantom thread broke nominated. so right phantom thread broke so late in the year it was a christmas release sound it of metal's been out late yeah no, you're right. But, but Phantom Thread was nominated throughout award season. It was like some people saw it, some people didn't. I, I mean, I looked at their resume today on IMDb, and again, I didn't do the calendar with it alongside of it from that year, but it did have a long resume, but it had like this strange resume where it got, it got three noms, four noms. It never had the big nomination uh, list until it got to the Oscars, where I think it got more noms than it got anywhere else. The heel turn. <laughs> that Glenn Close has pulled on me is one is a, it's akin to Hulk Hogan joining the NWO. Is it her fault? It might be her fault because she read the book and chose the movie. <laughs> I I I need to be convinced that this isn't her category to lose right now. Wow, I you know what I I I want to argue with you, but I can't really argue with you. Here's the thing though, Olivia Coleman beats her again. They're not doing that. They're not going to do that. I mean, that's, you know, the case can be made, I think, easiest for Yu Jung Yoon. But she has a hole in her resume. Does she even make it there on Oscar Sunday? I, I think this category is wide open still. I'm not going to. I hope I'm not so. Gonna proclaim, I hope we have so. a lot to analyze with this category. And I still think Helena Zengel's performance, it might be worth seeing News of the World just for that last scene that she gives. I mean, she's somehow the poised character that whole movie until she has this blowout scene at the end. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm overhyping things uh, in general, just like I do. But I have snubs. Essie Davis from Baby Teeth. Miranda Hart was funny, as she always is, from Emma. She was funny in Spy, by the way. Shira Haas, nobody's talking about her. She's from Unorthodox on Netflix. She had a good Emmy year. She's in the uh, Israeli Best International Film Selection. She was stupendous in Asia. I think... I think Shira Haas should be on people's radars. This might be a category where an international film nominee just crashes, especially one with name recognition like like her. Elizabeth Debicki from Tenet, not going to happen. I wish it would. Ye Rihan from Minari. Valerie Mahaffey from French Exit. Those are my snubs, Mike. The big names got picked, though, in this category, like we said last time. Yeah, it's, it's chalk, again, and it's just, if you look at these resumes and how they're stacking up, I fear Ellen Burstyn's kind of got the uh, the Tony Collette track, even though I th- we both think that she should be there at the end of the day. I uh, well, she's in a six, not an eight or a seven. Right, so that's better. Right. Than that's a, that's something right. to hang your hat on. Uh, I don't, I I don't think uh, I would be shocked mm-hmm. if Olivia Coleman outdoes Glenn Close again. I mean, that would be amazing. That would be one of the most amazing things in Academy history. I I want to see. 
Glenn Close triumphantly. We have people third times a charm beating her next year. Automatically, we have actors who are automatically disqualified from winning a second Oscar within (laughs) years of each other. We're gonna have the same upset run back over a legacy legacy of all leg against the legacy of all (laughs) legacies. And she's good in Hillbilly Elegy. Don't get me wrong; I disagree with her character and everything about that movie. But she is good in the movie, even though she's made to wear a silly costume. I don't know. That would be Moonlight over La La. Like, that would be... that. I don't care. That would be the most stunning moment in Oscars history for me. Olivia Coleman winning over Glenn over, Close. Again. Stunning? Uh, yes, wow. again. I want to see it now. <laughs> Sorry, Glenn. <laughs> but I want Glenn to win for something better. I want her to win for something better. Make Remake something with Connecticut in the title, and I'll be over the moon. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll, do an Oscar, I'll podcast about the Sunset Oscars. Sunset Boulevard the, is coming. With the microphone off. All right, supporting actor, Mike, what happened last year? Last year, Brad Pitt won everything. The rest of the Academy Five of Hanks, Hopkins, Pacino, and Pesci were also nominated here at the Critics' Choice alongside Willem Dafoe of The Lighthouse. So this year we have Chadwick Boseman of The Five Bloods. He got the SAG, no globe. This is, you know, solidifying his resume, I would say, after a lot of critical support throughout that scoreboard. Mike Sasha Baron Cohen from The Trial of the Chicago 7. He's 3 for 3, SAG Globe and Choice. Daniel Kaluuya is 3 for 3 from Judas and the Black Messiah. Bill Murray, he's 2 for 3 from On the Rocks. Bill Murray got the Globe, no SAG. Still don't understand that, actually, that lack of SAG. Yeah, but it does make sense at the end of the day. You Old think so? Light, foreign press. All right, well... Leslie Odom Jr., One Night in Miami, he's three for three. He was a front runner for a long time on many pundits' lists, on my list in particular. Now he's got the choice. Paul Rocky from Sound of Metal. This is fun because he's been winning that Critics Award leaderboard, you know, over Odom. He's got 15 wins. Odom's got eight. And here he is uh, making... A, a sound of metals day much bigger because if you i mean if you have two major acting noms at the end of the day at the oscars you know that now you're st- starting to say that all right this is best picture res- resume with best sound which will probably which, which it should get for sure uh maybe with a with a screenplay nod yeah sound of metal is is, is just like that's a sneaky contender to me even though it could easily be forgotten so does that do know. enough for him for for paul rocky to get back in the oscars conversation here you think it, it keeps him alive. It, it makes him alive, I would say. The critics love him. Maybe more people watch the movie. Again, this is about eyes on the on the film. Will more people watch the movie because they have to watch it for Riz Ahmed? It is a reserved performance, though. I think people got to get into the backstory involved, which mm-hmm. is incredible. Anyway, we're going to have to revisit Sound of Metal ourselves. Mike Snubs at the Critics' Choice Supporting Actor. Jared Leto did not go three for three. He got SAG. He got GLOW. <laughs> he got the two more movie. difficult ones. I watched the movie. I liked the movie in a way. I mean, it wasn't great, but I, again, you kind of had the the, the uh, review dead to rights. It's what you'd expect from the movie. It was kind of satisfying. I don't at know the what end. people it's were fucked expecting up and from weird this. in '90s. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 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 like angry man made movie right. that says angry man things at the world. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's it's a two hour time killer. <laughs> That's exactly what that movie is. Is Jared Leto's performance awards worthy? I think you could make the arguments. I don't think he's it's like limp. baffling. Yeah, remember uh, Will limp. Ferrell? 
limp and an eye patch. I play every role with a limp and an eye patch. Melinda and Melinda, anyway, from He Who Shall Not Be Named. But yeah, I mean, it, this is like affectation city they were talking about on the big picture. And it, yeah, he's he's got the punch. He's got the the tilt of the head. I mean, it's yeah. not like blowing everyone's mind. I, I don't understand the outrage to Jared Leto's nominations, honestly. Hmm. Well, I would have been outraged if David Strathairn got nominated from Nomadland, and I should not be outraged because I love David Strathairn's career, but I never got the praise yeah, me and the punditry top-fiving of that performance. Nope. I never understood it, and it didn't materialize anywhere. It was, a t- so su- it was so good and so subtle that nobody noticed it. Yeah, I'm, I'm alongside you. I've, I, the more I think about Nomadland, the more issues I have with what's going on in there, too. Really? But, but that's, mm. I, I wonder if, is that me being honest with myself, or is that me turning into the, let's rally against the uh, the front runner c- come Oscars time, so. It could be. We got, Again, it's one of those movies, maybe we gotta just, we gotta revisit it in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. We're gonna have to rewatch it. We can't go on our fall watch, you know, the one watch we had with it when we are in a very weird mood this fall. Anyway, Aldous Hodge, One Night in Miami, didn't materialize again kind of is you know working against his teammates there in a way Uh, not that he is working against them he's setting them up as we said in that movie i'm a little upset though for ma rainey's supporting cast glenn Turman, coleman domingo both got indie spirit noms really had some critical support throughout the season as did orion lee from first cow indie spirit nom i love the indie spirit five by the way holy shit that again just character actor darlings i wanted this category to be more character actor darlings you know careers like pay homage to the career of the underappreciated great actors didn't go that way they went with bigger names but the critics choice gave me a glimmer of some hope with paul rocky night it does seem like we're heading towards a double nominee for chadwick boseman doesn't it yeah it definitely seems that now now he's two out of three obviously yeah yeah i think it's happening then then what do you do yeah academy yeah, <laughs> that that's a fascinating uh, wrench thrown into you know. I mean, if he's nominated for one, you would think he's gonna right. Yeah, he's gotta right anyway. I I think he's 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 one of the greats, and it's it's worth paying homage to him. I think the Ma Rainey performance is where to do it. I don't think it. I don't know. I get, but you have I agree. best actor performances right. elsewhere, and if they're playing the Oscar puzzle game, I wouldn't hate him for it. That's all I'm saying. But it would it be a shame if he kept Daniel Kaluuya away? Is Daniel Kaluuya? I know you were down on the film. Is his performance not up to par? Daniel Kaluuya, he can kind of win in any year. I hate to say that because the guy is great. He's great. We've loved him. We loved his career all the way back to the freaking what was that Netflix show? The sci-fi one, Mike. Black Mirror. Black Mirror. Yeah, I've loved Daniel Kaluuya since Black Mirror. So, am I? Am I going to be? worried for Daniel Kaluuya. I don't know. Maybe somebody said that about Glenn Close in the 80s, though. <laughs> right? All the pundits are like, oh, my God. They saw this her, like and she was like, I'm, I'm not going to be ignored, Dan. And everyone was like, you want to bet? And then this the happened. Natural, yeah. Then natural. Yeah, I mean, she's going to be back. <laughs> Mike, we got we to gotta move a little quicker. But Mark Rylance didn't materialize from the Chicago 7. Neither did Yaya Abdul-Mateen. Bo Burnham really didn't yeah, show up from the... Promising Biggest young woman. for me. I hate that, but I didn't expect it. 
Yeah. Otherwise, uh, Benedict Wong, again, being in the Indie Spirit 5 was fun from nine days, even though he's not even eligible this year. <laughs> it's one of those Indie Spirit, you know, aberrations that's going to bother me when I do statistics. <laughs> but all right, that'll be next year. Winston Duke movie. Check it out. Sony Pictures Classics, I believe. Michael, uh, real quick, uh, we have Ryder Allen from Palmer, Ibrahima Gay from The Life Ahead, Alan King from Minari, the, the, who should have been the lead character mm-hmm. of Minari, and Stephen Young should have been... Again, you know, category frauded into the sporting actor, making that more interesting. All right, whatever. We didn't do it. Talia Ryder, Never Worry, Sometimes Always. Kaolin Springwall from The Midnight Sky. Helena Zangle is here in the Best Young Actor or Actress category at the Critics' Choice. What do you think? I wonder if this is going to go Zangle as kind of a uh, mea culpa, an apology to give you something. Otherwise, I would expect, again... Alan Kim was so beloved. Really good. Really, really good child actor mm. this year, somehow. Yeah, Ibrahim Gay was one of my favorites, Mike. He was he carried that movie again. Sophia Loren could have went. I mean, I know, again, based on the rules, based on our perceptions, of course, she's the lead actress in The Life Ahead. She's on the freaking poster. I get it. But it's Ibrahim Gay's movie. Michael, I'm rooting for Helena Zangle. Everywhere I could, because she's great. Talia Ryder's great. This this category is almost too good to be a best. It always category. is. We always love the yeah. breakthrough category here and the BAFTAs every year. Right. All right. Screenplays. All right. And let me clear up something from last week, Mike. I screwed up when I said that the Golden Globe screenplay categories do not cross over to the Oscars. I am an idiot. I was very, yeah, very, and very I didn't wrong. check you either. <laughs> well, but I didn't. I had the stats. You didn't have the stats. I misread the stat. I had like fourteen percent, not this, and I got again. My brain scrambled, and I did the uh, think from the Hangover with all the numbers in the air, and I came out with a dud. <laughs> nothing. I read something wrong. I remembered the Get Out snub because Get Out won the Oscar and didn't even get nominated at the Globes. And in my brain, at the end of a long podcast like this one, I did not see reason, and I said. Golden Globe screenplay category does not when it's five to ten and I'm a dope. Because it's five to ten, mm-hmm. I should have said something. But I just trusted you, what you said. No, you brought me back where you're like, but yeah, but these five look like they will become right. part of that ten. And maybe right. you're an idiot. And I said, <laughs> Yeah, maybe I am an idiot. I don't know why I'm an idiot, but I'm probably an idiot. Well, we can recap what happened last year, at least uh, with the original screenplay category to start. Tarantino won the Critics' Choice uh, Award for Best Original Screenplay. Parasite, of course, won the Oscar. Four of the Academy Five got nominated at the choice, including Hollywood, Parasite, Marriage Story, and Knives Out. 1917 was the fifth Oscars nom that was not here at Critics' Choice. The Farewell was here at Critics' Choice. Uh, For the adapted category, we had the same Academy Five with different winners. Critics' Choice picked the women the oscar of course went to jojo rabbit and also the joker the irishman and the two popes were there okay so our last uh, category or categories of this episode will do a big undercard show next later in the week mike but we do have two categories five went to ten Critics' Choice noms for original screenplay, Lee Isaac Chung from Minari, Emerald Fennell, Promising Young Woman, Jack Fincher from Mank, Eliza Hittman showing up for Never Really, Sometimes, Always. And here's where the Darius Martyr and Abraham Martyr, the Martyr Brothers, steam picking up for them, Sound of Metal having a good day in the original side, Aaron Sorkin, The Trial of the Chicago Seven. 
the Globe 5 is here between the two, Mike. What are were the uh, adapted screenplay nominees? Yeah, for adapted, we have Paul Greengrass and Luke Davis for News of the World. Kemp Powers for One Night in Miami. Love to see that. Jonathan Raymond and Kelly Reichert for First Cow does make a showing. Ruben Santiago Hudson nice. for Ma Rainey's Black Budson. Oh boy, Budson, Black Bottom. Bat, it's been a Black long episode. You've you been Black doing the Budson. talking, too. <laughs> Florian Zeller and Christopher Hampton for The Father and Chloe Zhao, of course, for Nomadland is there for Adapted. If Jack Fincher is the lone name for the Oscars, that's winning, isn't it? <laughs> it might be. All right. I think, uh, I think the Adapted snubs are really in the back hat like they're in the outside looking in there's really not a lot of snubs according to the punditry certainly according to feinberg he picked both of these categories he's his top fives are in both of these top fives the globe's top fives are here Riker got in as well so again i mean the critics you know darlings are here my snubs in adapted would be emma and shirley but i never really expected them i mean feinberg's kind of next tier is the life ahead midnight sky borat too i'm thinking of ending things again he didn't we didn't expect them here we got what we were expecting in adapted screenplay yeah this seems like proper I mean, this is a good one to end on, too, because we, the whole theme of this episode has been, like, inevitability and, and complacency and contentness. And this this feels like what the both, actually, categories should be picking from, mm-hmm. right? I, well, I, I, you know, original screenplay, I could say the same thing. Even though original screenplay, I did have, like, a big foam finger in the air for Kent Powers of Soul. I sure, did. right. I mean, as we both did. And, I, I, it's look, for whatever reason, it's just not happening so far not happening so far they're giving it a cat i mean it has a category and i mean wolf walkers could come at it i wonder if 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 wolf walkers being so strong at least in the critical perception of things like if it was a runaway and animated then people would feel like all right what else could it get but because it's not quite the runaway and animated that we thought Mm, it would be soul having to go up against wolf walkers there being doubt there i wonder if it was like a couple years i mean I mean, it was more so a couple of years ago. Claws was the Vegas favorite at a certain point. Right. Anyway, Soul, I like the screenplay for Tenant. People get mad at me like they get mad at me for Malcolm and Marie. <laughs> I like Tenant. I like Malcolm and Marie. I can't help myself. I'm a vexing, vexing man. Michael, another round. <laughs> the King of Staten Island was a great screenplay that's just probably not going to show up here, but we want to call it out. The half of it, again, is a movie I really love this year. And the half of it, Got Alice Wu and an Indie Spirit nod, so that was really cool. Feinberg's list, though, has some big names that did not get into the original top five, even though his five got in. But five to ten is also deep. The Five Bloods, Judas and the Black Messiah, Palm Springs, On the Rocks, The 40-Year-Old Version, Malcolm and Marie, also there, Mike. So the original could have some, some changes to it. I think Adapted is more set... I'm studying it right now as you're saying, knowing that question was coming. Yeah. I, it's going to be tough for any of those. I mean, the Five Bloods is is the easiest case, I think. But otherwise, I think it's going to be tough for anything to, to crack those six options there. What are they? Six options for original screenplay. Talk about getting lost in Act Two, though. The Five Bloods, we like a lot of those great scenes. It got lost in Act Two. Christ yeah. Almighty. I, you know, it's hard to give it a screenplay nod, in my opinion. And it was also a big writer's room. One, one to the other. Yeah, I think it was, it was really strong. A lot of movies are really strong this year. I think they got it right, the Critics' Choice. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I mean, other than my snubs, but of the major contenders, I think people got it right here. I don't know. And now it's time for Mayhem. 
Let's just see. Let's just pick a bunch of upsets and let's see what happens and let the let the rivers run where they may. Well, it could be fun this year. I hope so. Case, I hope so. We need so. more variation. There's too much consensus building. Right. That's that's exactly the the problem. The 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 orders have kind of been set, and there's I don't know where the angles are for people to come in and kind of shock the system. But who the knows? The short still... list might tell some stories, though. Yeah. Like, they it's might very tell some very early, and that's the under, yeah. The undercard that's matters. Next. Yeah. The undercard. That's what's next matters. on the horizon. We're going to be talking about the undercard. We're going to be talking about the short list. But uh, we want to know your thoughts about the Critics' Choice. What do you think they mean in terms of the Golden Globes noms as well? Do you see any writing on the wall for Oscar Sunday starting to be formed as we tried to talk about and predict in this episode? Let us know all of that as well as any other comments, questions, or concerns about anything else we do in the MMO Empire. You can leave us all of those on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook, Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Instagram, at MMM. And Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit. We are available everywhere you hear podcasts. And if you're listening to us on the Apple Podcasts app, if you would be so kind as to go into our uh, place there on the app, tap on our cartoon faces <laughs> and leave us a five star review, that would make our entire day. Mike, we talked about what's next, what's on the immediate horizon as we kind of get back to, to a groove of recording multiple episodes a week here. Uh, what are some words of wisdom to end on as well? It is wise to take deep breaths. It is wise <laughs> not to watch eight movies a day. It is wise not to uh, spend all your free time programming a website. It is wise <laughs> to just eat a lot of Super Bowl food and relax and ha- hang out with a bunch of other people who already had COVID already who still have antibodies. I had a good weekend. I feel like I feel like I wasn't, you know, insane. Uh, going into this particular episode as I was the last one. And that's saying something because I, I could have really gone off on people on Twitter with the Malcolm and Marie stuff, even though, again, it was my first impression. I said it on the show. I talked about Malcolm Marie for 80 minutes with Andrew last week. So my thoughts are out there, but like, I don't get, I don't get some of the criticisms, even though I know that's a polarizing movie. You really hated your watch, even though you have begrudging respect for the movie. Yeah, I like the movie, but I, it just, oh my God, that movie was my uncut gems. Like you just there couldn't handle the yelling. And I couldn't that's, handle it yeah. last year. Yeah. So yeah. again, we, we have thresholds, I guess. Maybe that's more wisdom. We have thresholds. <laughs> we have biases. We have nerves, nerve endings. The, that the get night cut. is young still for mm. you not jumping down someone's throat on Twitter. So that's still a possibility. It's out there. <laughs> At any moment. At any Fingers moment. Crossed. Wait till we have a website. <laughs> when reality sucks or you want to jump down someone's throat yourself, you can come check out these nominations with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. We will see you all very soon. See you.